All right. Well, if you're having a bad week, let me tell you, God is good. And I want to encourage you. You may not have any reason to be thankful. I think you do if you'll just stop and think for just a minute. We have been studying, uh, our youth Bible study has been studying David. And let me tell you, all the hardships that David went through, David found a way to praise God in the midst of his life falling apart. He found a way to praise God. Man, I, I, I have just loved, and I have always been a, a student of First and Second Kings, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Chronicles, and just I love that I love David. But man, um, going through this Bethmore Bible study, you know, we have a women's Bible study going on right now. That's Bethmore. We've done a Bethmore before women's Bible study. There's just, there's a few Bible studies going on now. I would just encourage you, man. They're good. Plus, you get to meet one another. You get to hang out with each other and kind of share what you're going through and. Um, I would have never thought that the Lord would have reached me in a youth Bible study as, a past, as an adult pastor. But uh, sometimes I wonder if I'm the only one that's getting reached. But, you know, I just, I just feel like it's so good. And when you go looking for God, you'll find Him. You will find Him. It's His promise. You seek me, you will find me. And boy, when you find Him, I don't know if you realize, when you find Him, what you find, you find all of Him. Everything he is, everything that we know he is, and everything we don't know he is, you get it all. How many of you know our mind can't hardly grasp how great God is? All right, I'm going to dive right back into where I was last week, and we had gone longer in worship last week, and I, didn't, I hardly even got started. So it's about weathering the storm. And uh, I want to give you a little update on our sign. The sign got stolen Monday completely stolen, and the law showed up 30 minutes later at my, in my office. And, you know, I just told him what had happened, and I just said to the officer, you think it'd be okay if I went down there and talked to our neighbor? He said, yeah, I think he'd be fine. He's very cordial, but he just wants the sign back. He's not trying to press charges. He just wants the sign. He said, I don't have the sign. I didn't take the sign. But went down there, and I just said, look, I handled myself wrong Thursday um, you've got every right. I'm going to support that. I'm going to support your right, what his right is. As, a, as our neighbor, I'm going to be a good neighbor. And I just said, will you forgive me? And he said, well, sure. Of course I will. He said, do you need our parking lot? You got it. You know, it's not worth losing relationship over. And I want to say again, on the record, he never handled himself in an unprofessional way. Um, but I want you to know, he... the. He will see, hopefully he will see God by the way that I handle myself. I didn't handle myself right the first time. But I want you to know God has given us a way to mess up and get it right. But we got to get it right. It's so easy to run in the middle of the storm. It's so easy that when things get hard to quit. And I could have done that. I could have gotten offended. I could have started posting stuff online. I could have said he's the worst neighbor. He's not. He's a good guy, and he had that right. And uh, you know what? I think that we probably strengthened our relationship through that. And do you know that conflict will do that? Conflict will either break it or it will strengthen it. And uh, we, have a, we have a responsibility as Christians to not let it break. You know that? 
doesn't, didn't matter who came to Jesus, Jesus ministered to him. Didn't matter. It doesn't say when he healed all the sick, it didn't say that it was the ones that believed in him, in him and the ones that didn't. He healed them all. Jesus Christ died for everyone. Even that boss of yours. Even that neighbor of yours. I said to Austin this week, I said, uh, have you ever heard the expression, good fences, make, good fences make good neighbors? We may need a fence out there. Just so that we know, we know what's ours, we know what's theirs. And, uh, but you know what, sometimes you just need those You just need some boundaries. We need understanding. What happened was we had a misunderstanding. Well, we don't anymore. And I'm I'm thankful for him. He's been good to us. Mark 20, Matthew 24, Mark 13. Do you remember what we talked about? We started talking about storms and trials and things that we're going through. Um, Talking about patience and long suffering and perseverance and standing firm. But the word I want us to focus back in on tonight is endurance. Now let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you, Lord, that we would wake up to your word tonight, Lord. Your word is living and breathing, able to separate between the the bone and the marrow, able to separate between uh, the truth and the false, able to give us discernment where we may not be able to see the enemy. And Lord, I just ask that your word, that we would, would that we would come. Uh, that we would wake up, uh, that our spirits would awaken to receive your word. For your word is life and your word is truth. And Jesus, you are the word. And we're here to receive you, Jesus, tonight. Just ask you right now, Lord, that your word would, would awaken our spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, as he was talking about the breakdown of the relationship, he gave this, this scripture right here. And because of lawless, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And when people become lawless, they also become loveless. Uh, again, I'd said last week that so many times we think of love as free and uninhibited and it requires no laws and, or discipline. But that's just the opposite. The opposite is true. Love and discipline go hand in hand. You know, I needed discipline when I walked out there, and I didn't. doesn't mean I can't say my point. It doesn't mean I've got to give up my right or my belief. I don't have to give up my, li- my belief to love. doesn't mean I'm weak. It just means I'm going to stand up and be an adult here and have an adult conversation, and I'm going to see where he's coming from. Hopefully, he'll see where I am, but that's not necessarily important. But it doesn't mean I concede my belief. For me to be able to love on you, even if you may not be lovable at this time, it doesn't mean I have to concede what I stand for. I think think that's a good word in in that I don't have to give up what I believe. And what I believed was the church does not need to make a stand when it comes to political parties. All it does is create division. God has given us instruction on how to and how to live our life. And if you want to apply that to how we vote, then we go according to Scripture. If those who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Well, let me tell you, that's enough for us to have. That's, there's enough work there for us to do. Right? Then I will hear from heaven. Then I will hear from heaven. I will, uh, I will forgive your sins. And I will heal your land. Now, where's the breakdown? The church. We're out here yelling and fussing and screaming and crying. 
Oh, we don't need Democrat. Oh, we don't need Republican. Oh, man, the economy. Oh, man, this. Oh, whatever. Humble yourself and pray and seek his face and turn from your ways. Repent of your sins. I'm telling you, all of a sudden, politics takes a pretty quick back seat. And you know what happens? You've just positioned yourself under the kingdom of God, and he's going to start blessing you. And he's going to put the right man in the position. And I want to say it again, the right man right now is Obama. God has placed him there. We're to pray for him. He is our president. He is our authority. Now, you've got to take it according to Scripture. We are to pray for our leaders. Your boss, anybody in authority, you're to pray for them. Somebody say amen. Amen. Okay, okay. All right, where was I? Humble yourself and pray and seek his face. How about the church do that? It's not even in my notes. Humble yourself and pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways. Then, then we're in position for God to move. It's a good word. Uh, But when discipline and law breaks down, love grows cold. And you know, in context here, he is talking about Christian love. Christian love grows cold. And let me tell you, Christian love cannot grow cold. We cannot grow cold. Uh, As Jesus was talking here, now in Matthew 24, the next scripture, he goes on and says, he says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Can you see that there is a reward to those who endures? In order to be saved, we've got to go all the way to the end, and that will require endurance on our part. Mark 13, 12, and 13 says, it goes a little bit further here and says, Now brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. We see a very somber picture, treachery, disloyalty with family relationships, and Christians being hated by all men. That's why Jesus says we must endure. Now let's just dive quickly into what does endurance produce? And some scriptures just speak generally about endurance and the tests that we'll face, but some tell us how to endure. Now if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me there if you would please. Romans chapter 5, and I'm going to be in the New King James. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to give you just a minute to get here. Quentin, where are you? Wave at me. I got these right here for you, so don't, don't leave. Are you all ready? Therefore, having, be just, having, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance or endurance. And perseverance, character. I'll keep going in character, hope. Endurance produces character, not just character, but character that has stood the test. You want to know somebody I want to go to battle with is someone who has been through it before, successfully. 
I don't want to be with the guy that's still trying to figure it out. I want to be, I want, if I'm in war, I want to go with a general who has been to war and has won. And I don't mean one of those close wins, 49 to 51. I mean not 100 to zero. Endurance produces character. Endurance produces character that has stood the test. In essence, we're talking about the formation of our character. We can rejoice, we can boast, we can glory in tribulation because only, now catch this, only tribulation produces endurance. You know, the only way you're going to get to where you can run five miles is get to where you can run four. The only way you're going to get to where you can run one mile is get to where you can run a half a mile. You're going to have to push through the tribulation of running a half mile. If anybody here is training for a 13.1 or a 26.2 marathon, you're going to have to learn to run a mile. You're not just going to show up and think, well, I'm just going to run a marathon today. Now, you might do that, but let me tell you, you'll pay for it. You will pay for it. But, you know, one way that we can know that we can glory or we can rejoice in tribulation is knowing that there is an end and there's a reward. Okay, I got a, I got a nasty thing in front of me. There is an end and there's a reward. And one of those rewards is growing of my character. Endurance, in turn, produces proven character. Have you, ever, have you ever been around somebody, have you ever had maybe a boss put over you and they don't, they don't earn your respect, they just expect you just to give it? And that's a hard thing because you know what? If you want to keep your job, you're going to have to give it. Hopefully the man will be a man or a woman of character and will begin to earn it. And it will become true. Uh, you, you will be true to your support. Sometimes you just have to do it. Sometimes even, even with God, I've just got to do it. I don't want to do it. How many of you have ever, ever been obedient to God and you didn't want to? It's still right. Let me tell you, that's still the right way to, to go. But how many of you, once you've gotten through that, you've recognized the benefit of that, and the next time that came around, you weren't quite so resistant to obedience? Are y'all with me? Why? Because your character's getting built. All of a sudden, you don't have this nasty attitude. Do you remember the two sons? One, uh, the, the, the dad said, I want you to go do this. And the one son said, I'm not doing that. But he went and did it. The other son, he, said, he told the other son, you go do that too. And the other son said, okay, I'll do it. But he didn't go do it. Which one, was the, which one did right? The one with the bad attitude that went and did it. Obedience pays. Obedient. Now, the willing and obedient, now it's starting to get kind of good. We may not be willing at first, that's okay, but be obedient. You know what? You may not feel like doing God's word, but do it anyway. You may not feel like in the moment of, of distress, in the moment of tragedy, praising God, but praise Him anyway. Praise Him anyway. The next thing you know, you'll start wanting to praise Him. The next thing you know, this problem you've got will start to shrink because God's so good and he's so big and he can handle this. What are you walking through? I want you to know if you're walking through it without God, that thing is going to get you. You walk through it with God, nothing. 
What, what did we sing Sunday? Um, if, if, if God is for us, what thing could ever stand in my way? What enemy could ever stand in my way? Have you ever seen in the movies where a little kid's trying to be real strong and he's against a bunch of bullies, but somebody behind him is real big and he doesn't realize it and the bad guys all run off? He thinks, but then he looks around and there's the guy. You know, that, that, that's kind of where we are. God, God's got our back. But not only has he got our back, he's got our front. And he's got our blind spot. He's got us when we're asleep and he's got us when we're awake. And he's got us in the presence of our enemies. He's got us. Endurance produces character. James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Nobody, nobody walks around and quotes that. We know it. But when you're, in the, when you're trying to give somebody an, a, a, a word of encouragement, you don't use this scripture because somebody will probably spit in your face. You know, I don't want to hear that, do you? That's one of those you kind of need to get personal revelation. You don't need to be given that revelation. When, when you're facing a tragedy, the last thing you want to say, why don't you just count it joy? You know what, that, needs, that, that comes from my, my walk with God and knowing who God is. It can't come from anywhere else. Now, you can try to encourage me sometimes. But what kind of encouragement scriptures do we use? You're the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed in the city and blessed in the country. And wherever you, your, your kneading bowl and your harvest will come. And Yeah, but we don't quote the start of that scripture. If you will hear my word and obey it, then you're the head and not the tail. Count it all joy when you face various trials. Why? He doesn't leave us with that. We need to praise God that he counts us worthy of the trial we're going through. Bearing in mind that God is always working for our good. James goes on to explain in the next, in the next verse this paradox, how this thing works. Knowing that the testing of your faith, knowing because of what we just walked through in this little mountain, we've just gotten over and we've gotten through it with God and we've gotten through it in good shape and our character's grown. Now we face another one. Don't forget who your daddy is when the next, when the next problem comes. That's what the fool does. Looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. But we get in here and we get filled up and we're, we're feeling so good and we're passionate for God. And then we get out the door and the bill shows up and we forget who we are. Have you ever done that? I've done that. Can't even get home from church after getting a good encouraging word. And it all, you know, I'm going to show you. That's where that seed's gone down. But Satan's coming, took it right back up. He stole it from me before it could really take root. And let me tell you something, that's not God's fault. That's not God's fault. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. James says if you will just hang in there in this test and hold out, it will shape every area of our character and personality. It will make us complete, fully rounded Christians. One of the proving ground, one of the proving grounds for our character development is in close, committed fellowship with our church. 
you know, we went on a, a canoe ride this, uh, this last week. But, you know, me and Dr. Ron got to, got to spend about an hour just sitting in my car. I, I, I don't know that we ever would have taken that time together. Unfortunately, we just, he's a busy person. I'm a busy person. We go in different circles. But he jumped in the car with me, and we just got to just kind of start going back and forth. What's going on in your life? What's going on in your life? Where are you? Next thing you know, we're starting to build relationship. Dr. Ron, I'll tell you, Pete just hopped out and he said, I had no idea he was going to hop in the car. I said, I didn't either, but praise God he did. We didn't orchestrate that. It just happened to work out. But what happens when you get in a small group? If you'll stay in that small group long enough, you'll start to, your, your, your walls will start to come down. And you know what will happen? Real healing can take place. Real healing. One of the great proving grounds is getting together in a small group. And as we share our lives in this context, it becomes uncomfortably clear that there are some areas in our character that have never been dealt with. And if we fail to expose ourselves to others, we can, we can deceive ourselves about untested areas in our character and back off every time a test comes. How many times have you kind of gotten in a small group or gotten at church and you've started to get too close and it started to hurt too much that you left? Ooh, they're, they're, about, to, they're about to get beyond my border. And I've had this border up for years. Eh, eh, eh. Time to go. I'm not going back. That person looked at me funny. What do you mean? They didn't look at you funny. Yeah, they did. I, I didn't like that food they cooked. I'm not going back. What happened in your small group? Nothing. Nothing. I don't like the food. You make it something stupid and you check out. It's so easy to get to that point and not let your guard down. Now, I will tell you, I will not let my guard down unless I can trust somebody. But how can I ever trust somebody if I don't get to know them? I won't hardly let my guard down until I, I believe that you have proven character. Because why would I want to get feedback from somebody that doesn't? And I would hope you do the same thing with me. You know, as your pastor, it's a little bit different. But you know what? It, it, the Word of God says to guard your heart with all diligence. But it doesn't say to never open up to anybody. You know what? The only way I've grown is by the relationships that I have. The only way that I've grown is by the testings that I've had. Consider it all joy. Are y'all with me? Somebody has said that fellowship is roof off, walls down. We don't mind getting the roof off because God sees down through the roof anyway, but we're pretty uncomfortable about getting our walls down. But I want you to know there's healing in relationship. Men with men, women with women. Uh, men with women, if it's your wife, that's it. This, this whole thing with high school and these boys being friends with girls, let me tell you, that does not work. Uh, you young people that have guy friends, let me tell you, or girlfriends, Watch out, you are messing with fire. 
Somebody give me an amen on that one. Okay. What are the tests that we got to go through? Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to go quickly, and, and I'm not going to get done. Um, Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. Spread the seed. In this parable, Jesus speaks about the different kinds of soil. Each represents a different kind of person who hears the word. And as we look and we see the seeds fall by the wayside and is devoured by birds before it can come into the ground, and other seed falls on the rocky ground and among the thorns, Jesus explains the type of person represented by each of these situations. Now, let's just dive into it. I'm going I'm to uh, give me about another five minutes. Uh, Matthew 13, 19. Says when, and, and you know the scripture, but hang in there with me. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked comes and snatches away uh, what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives the seed by the wayside. This seed never gains entrance into the heart, into the person's life at all. It just lies on the ground and until a bird comes along and picks it up. Jesus goes on to describe two kinds of person who did receive the seed and began to produce fruit. But however, the fruit came to nothing, eventually came to nothing because they failed to pass the test to which they were subjected. The first group were those who had had stony places and the second one had thorns. Let's look at it real quick. Verse 20. But he who received the seed on the stony places is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. 21. Yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while. He endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word. Now, have you ever recognized that? Have you ever recognized it? We read about the seed all the time and about the different kinds of soil. But do you, do you see what stole the seed was that tribulations came and they couldn't make it through it. That was the difference in the seed going in or not. That was the difference in the seed staying on the top and getting stolen before it could get into your soil. You see that? Arises because of the word, and immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Very simply stated, there are two different, there are two different kinds of tests. Tests that are too hard and tests that are too easy. How many of you know it's hard it's hard when you have a hard test come, but it's also hard when success comes. Many people will argue that it's harder to remain faithful with success than it is if you live a life in hardship. Why? Because people uh, with persecution... Some people can't stand the persecution. Some can't stand the prosperity. But some people can make it when they're persecuted. But when God blesses them with a beautiful home and two cars and a boat and a cat and a dog and a big house and a house in the Hamptons, we get wrapped up in the things of the world. And you know what happens is we no longer feel like we need God. There are others who receive the word with joy, pray in tongues, give their testimony everywhere, prophesy, bask in the blessings of God. But a few months later, you can't find them. Because the moment the opposition came, they wilted away. Now, maybe you've been like that. Maybe you know people like that that come in that just are on fire for God. And man, it's just a, it's a party. It's a Jesus party couple months and then the third month they're gone they're gone where are they we need the seed to get in 
And you know what? We are going to rub each other. Let's just talk about the church. We're going to rub each other wrong every now and then. I've probably done it tonight. Exactly. I mean, it just happens. I mean, I will tell you, you know, we're, we're kind of making some transition in worship. We've got some new musicians. And I don't care what musician you bring in. It brings a different mix. We've got to figure out how to all play together again. You get somebody new at work. Maybe they're threatening your job. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're just weird and you haven't figured out how to make it through the day. They get on your last nerve. Well, have you ever thought you might get on somebody else's last nerve? What are we going to do? Oh, man, you should see this guy i got to work with now. It's just awful. I don't, don't like it at all. I think I'm going to quit. What? What? you can going to quit? You love that job. All you talk about is how God blesses you in that job. And somebody shows up and is going to rob your joy? No way. You hang on to that joy. You let that joy get out on them, not let them get out on you. We're not to get affected by the world. We're to affect the world. Love on that person. Yeah, you don't know them. Yeah, you don't know them. What are you going to do? The truth is we've got to endure both tests. We will be tested by tribulation and also by success. And we've got to hold out through both. Now, uh, next Wednesday, I'm going to look at four suggestions of the biblical way of how to endure. Now, what are you trying to endure through? Don't quit. Um, I was telling one of my kids, uh, and I'll close with this. I was telling one of my kids because they had studied for a test and bombed the test. How many of you have ever bombed a test? Even when you've studied. You've worked hard and you basically failed. Let me tell you, if you don't quit, you didn't fail. You might, have, you might have messed up on one thing, but you're not done yet. Man, it's the first nine weeks. Give me a break. This is a long run we got to do right here. Now, we messed up. We've got a lot of cleaning up to do, but it's okay. Don't quit. But he's, uh, she, he, I'm going I'm to try to cover that. I do that every time. They studied hard. We saw them study hard. And then made an unfortunate grade. Um, I will tell you, since then, this child has completely recovered, been redeemed, got an email from this teacher saying, man, this person did so great. Praise God. And uh, anyway, but we asked this child, what did you study? Well, I studied this. The problem was it wasn't effective study. It wasn't effective studying. How, do you know, how many of you know you can study the wrong stuff? Or you can study the wrong way? You can even have the right material but study it the wrong way. And we had to start looking at how do we effectively study? Because if you're going to take an hour to study, we need that to be effective. Well, what you're doing through your trial, you need to be effective. We need to be, when we endure, we need to endure effectively. Not just put up with the beating. Do you follow me? We need, to, we need to fight God's way. It says to resist Satan. It says to submit to God, resist the devil. The only way you resist the devil is God's way. Don't resist the devil in your own power. He's going to win. you got to learn how to resist Satan God's way. So as we walk through this trial, whatever you're facing, and let me tell you, some of the things y'all are facing is terrible. Okay, Lord, I need to walk this out tomorrow your way. 
And that's something you're going to need to do by seeking him. Humble yourself and pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways. And start asking him, God, how do I walk through this with you? Because I've been ineffective in my walk so far in this struggle. But your word tells me that you're going to build me, that you're with me, that all things work for good for those that love him. It doesn't feel like that right now, God, but I'm going to trust you right now and I'm going to seek after you this morning. This morning, I'm going to start walking according to what you say, not according to the way that I feel or the way that I'm being treated. Let me just encourage you just a minute. You guys gave so much Sunday morning for Avery Trace the food drive to where Miss Nancy's been able to buy more meat, been able to put in more chicken and uh, quality food. Um, it, it is overwhelming um, what, what we're going to get to be a part of tomorrow. And, uh, you know, if you're not doing anything tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, come here to the church. It's not hard work. It's, it, it's really edifying. Um, come here at 10 o'clock. It'll take about an hour, maybe a couple hours. And I'm telling you, God will bless you. And we need your help. I know many of you have jobs, don't feel guilty. But if you don't and you want to come be a part, it's a fun group. And let me tell you, they're movers and shakers. They won't mess around. I am not kidding. Emma, no, I'm not. We're not here to mess around. We're here to get after it and go bless those kids. Amen. And this is a part of the way that we resist Satan is we're going to give and we're going to go pour into a school that's hurting, and we're going, to, we're going to show them God, and we're not going to have a card on us, so we're just going to, and Avery Trace is going to say, here you go. And you know where it's coming from? It's coming from us. It's coming from the church. Praise God. God will bless us. I want under the blessing of God, not the, not the blessing of man. Now, that's, that'll come too, but I want under the blessing of God. Okay, y'all stand up with me. If y'all don't mind, just bow your heads, and I just want to speak into you just a minute. You can get through what you're walking through. You can do it. God has equipped you, and he has given you, his grace is sufficient, and he will not test you greater than what you can walk through. So even though you feel completely overwhelmed, you can do this. Now, you cannot do it on your own. You'll continue to fall, and you'll continue to be down if you do it on your own. But the Lord is, is tossing you a life preserver right now saying, here is my way. Seek after me. Seek after me. Humble yourself and pray. And seek his face. And turn from whatever things that you're battling between you and God that are, that's wrong. And the Lord is going to hear your prayer. He's going to forgive your sin. And he's going to take care of that thing you're walking through. And he's not just going to take care of it. He's going to build your character. And you're going to see as we continue, there's a reward and there's hope that's coming. Quit listening to the lie that you're no good, that this is the life you're called to live is being beat down all your life. It's not. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray that this word would come alive, that we would have some fighters in here, some godly fighters that is going to fight and endure Lord, grow us up. Let us love on each other and let us rub up against each other and let iron sharpen iron in this church. And Lord, let us get strong in relationship. I thank you for how good you are. You have been so good to this church. 
Bless us right now, Lord. Bless our children. Bless our day tomorrow. Give us a day of victory tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Now, go and have a great week. Amen? Amen.